0: that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. It is the season of Advent, so we are looking forward expectantly to see uh, the coming of the Lord, and and we know we're two thousand years down the road, but we're celebrating that with expectation again. In this series, Witnesses Majesty, we're going to look at what led to that moment. What are the witnesses that lead to the Lord's coming to His, who He is at His birth? and so we're going to peel back some pages, peel back the, the maybe the veil a little bit. So in Jesus' time on earth, he would say things that got him in trouble, and maybe you, you knew that. He would get into uh, arguments with the religious leaders, and there were times when he would just make a statement that befuddled the people around him. So we're going to take a look at John chapter 8 and in that chapter we will have uh, <laughs> a moment where Jesus gives them a picture of who he really is so before Abraham I am Jesus answered I tell you the truth before Abraham was even born I am John eight fifty eight. well that set off a firestorm and there were people who were going, well, wait a minute, uh, you are in your 30s and you're saying that uh, you knew Abraham, Father Abraham, the the one who, you know, brought about all of these, all these people, the, the Israelites, the, the Jewish family, what, you're saying that you were here before. Well, that set things in motion. So let's take a look and let's go back. Here's a cosmic setting. A cosmic setting bigger than earthly, bigger than this universe. We're going to go back and then we will re enter. So, cosmic setting Jesus has an eternal and eternal, uh, eternal and heavenly existence. So, his eternal existence means he doesn't have a beginning, he has always been. And so he's been in heaven, the, the realm in which God exists, and it's bigger than this universe. And at the time of the creation of this universe, which is enormous, God takes a little tiny little bit of space. It's not that much challenge, much of a challenge for him to create. These billions and trillions and gazillions of planets and stars and galaxies and to put all this into motion. So he does that from out there. And Jesus is from out there. And we are getting to talk about someone who was creating and forming all those things and he came to the physical reality, cosmic setting. He has an eternal and heavenly existence. Jesus uses I am the name of God introduced in Exodus chapter 3 when Moses was given the assignment to go to Egypt to rescue the people of Israel from uh, their plight and he says so who am I telling them you are the the God who sent me and he says I am I am who I am I'm uh, Yahweh so he, that name, saying it in the way he's saying it, will set things in motion as well. People are going to react to that because they're, they're thinking Exodus chapter 3. They're thinking that's the name of our God. You, you're claiming something here that is uh, way past human ability to claim. Jesus has integrity without fault. He's not lied. He, he's not been misleading in the things that he's done. So, here here's a truthful person who's eternal, who's from heaven, who's using the name "I am" and in reference to himself. And it, there's no reason to doubt that Jesus knows the enemy and the battle. Jesus knows the enemy and the battle. So here in this realm that we live in the physical one the world that we're in Jesus is aware that there's something going on that that it's broken he knows the rebellion that happened we find it in Genesis chapter 3 we find another one in Genesis chapter 6 and another one in Genesis chapter 11 and he knows that we have uh, our own sin our own issues and he knows that we are separated from God he knows the enemy is a spiritual one that this that those Uh, spiritual beings are playing havoc on this world because the enemy wants to deceive us, to destroy us, to kill us. And he has come to bring life and to turn things around. So he knows the battle. And he's come, knowing all of that, he's come to take on what is before us. And he has to do it as one from out there because we can't do it ourselves. There is no pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps. And I think that defies gravity anyway. So we've got issues with that. And Jesus is saying, I can come help. I'm, con- I'm going to come change all of that. So Jesus knows the enemy in the battle. And Jesus is God with us. We just sing the song. This is a manual. God with us. He is among us he is one of us, he's born in Bethlehem, human being, fully God, fully man, and he is with us. so that's who's standing in their presence. Here are the delusional descendants, the delusional descendants. these are the, the those gathered, the religious leaders and others who have gathered there in this conversation and we begin. We, find out that Abraham, well, we recognize Abraham is the ancient progenitor of the, of the people. Now, these are all his, this, this is his group, this is his family, the one that God told him he would have, and we have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and we begin this whole group of people from, from those early men, so those are the fathers of this, uh, of Israel. And Abraham's about 1850, about B.C. So you can see the problem when Jesus starts talking the way he does. We're we're talking a few years difference, almost 2,000 years difference from the time Abraham was there and when Jesus is talking about, yeah, oh, yeah, I know him. Abraham's relationship with God provides privilege. Abraham's relationship with God provides privilege. Privilege. Here's the delusional part. The first part is true. They are descendants of Abraham physically, part of the family. Abraham's relationship with God is where they think, and that's the, the mental state that they are in at this point, they conclude that they are special and that they have a special place with God because of Abraham. So because of Abraham they don't have to really believe. So we know that Abraham uh, believed, and because of his faith, that God recognized him, that God befriended him, that, and, and Abraham kept proving his faith over and over again. Have these people proven that faith? And Jesus is saying, no. You have not proven that faith, that you are truly children of Abraham By faith, you're just children of Abraham Abraham by your inheritance, physical inheritance. Not the same thing. So that's a delusion that they're dealing with. And lots of people have that. If you run into somebody who, I had this in my family. My my great-grandfather was a deacon in a Baptist church in Kansas. As a result of that, Most of my family figure, they got it good. They got heaven. They don't have to go to church. They don't have to even claim Jesus. I mean, sure, he's okay. But, you know, we got this grandfather guy. We're good. You go, that's not how this works. They thought that. We're the children of Abraham. All the way back to 1850, we're the children of Abraham. We've got it made. And... They just think they have their privilege. So Jewish people listened to false leaders' teachings, but not God. So they're listening to the false leaders who are there. Some who have done, the the high priest had actually manipulated the system because it was more of a political thing. So the high priest in a religious system has maneuvered into that slot. And it's a father-son. We've got Caiaphas, Nannis. We've got got two serving in this position, and they have worked it out to you pay the right people, you say the right things, go to the right parties, that kind of thing. They wind up being the high priest. So we've got some who are legit and some who are questionable, and so we've got false leaders in this thing. We also have the teachings that keep coming that are saying, well, we're the privileged ones because of our physical relationship all the way back. And then they start coming up with, well, we need to follow these laws. So they were, they were trying to find some kind of obedience, not faith, as much as here's a list of rules and we need to follow these lest we be sent out uh, and, and and Israel be crushed again and we'd be sent out. And we don't need any more of that. So so people listen to false leaders' teachings but not God. Jewish people assumed a limited cosmic worldview. A limited cosmic worldview. They did believe that there was a God. There were a group of them who didn't believe there were angels or life after death. The the resurrection didn't apply. So that was limited. They thought God talked to Old Testament prophets. It wasn't Old Testament to them. That's their scriptures. So that those prophets from way back could hear from God. But God doesn't speak anymore. This is is first century. But God doesn't speak to... We're not going to get anything direct from God. And yet in this conversation, they are talking face-to-face with God. But in their cosmic worldview... That doesn't happen. Have you run into that in our day? Well, God doesn't do that anymore. That's 2,000 years, 4,000 years ago he did stuff like that. He doesn't do that stuff anymore. Same problem they had. Limited worldview, or cosmic worldview. It just pulled it all down to what they could handle, what they accepted, what their group was okay with. All right, back to John chapter 8. You belong to this world. I do not. Jesus continued... You are from below, I am from above. You belong to this world, I do not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Hmm. You seeing any of the cosmic setting in his conversation? I'm from above. Above where? You live on the mountaintop? But why, why are you saying you're from above and we're, or maybe you have a higher position? You're not the king. You're not the high priest. He's from above. And you get it because, you know, you're New Testament Christians and you've read the rest of the story. They didn't have access to all of that. You are from above or I'm from above. You're from below. Do you belong to this world? I do not. He's giving them a hint as to who he is. So he's, he's laying the groundwork, and that's eight twenty-three to 24. And we go on. I am who I have always claimed. Who are you? They demanded. Jesus replied, the one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me, and he is completely truthful. But they still didn't understand that he was talking about his father. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own but say only what the Father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases him. The many who heard him say these things believed in him. There were people there who got it. And began to understand that this is, this is him. He's speaking for God the Father. And he's right here giving us the truth that we need to know. He's, I've always told you the truth. I've never told you something that isn't who I am. It's, that's the integrity part. He, is, he has integrity without fault. And I only say what I've heard from the Father. He's passing on what is truthful. And then he gives them that hint. When you've lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, we're, we're talking way down the road. We haven't got down to John 19, 20. We're, we're talking chapter 8. When you put him on the cross. Wow. We talked about the Son of Man last week, so we know that there's a context for that. Even using those words is enough to set things uh, Set some people off. Others recognize them. They are spiritually in tune. They're listening to God. They're listening to what God is saying and they believe. So that's the faith element. On down to 8:33 to 47, their real father, their real father, the devil, this is when they begin to argue with him. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? And this is, you know, if you know the truth, you'll be set free. That's what they're referring to. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Their issue is, we're descendants of Abraham. You can't take that. We are so privileged, it doesn't matter what we do. We are the privileged ones. And Jesus is saying, there's more to this. There is a privilege of being a child of Abraham, but there is more to this. So he goes on, yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me. Some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father. But you were following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied. For if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, no, you are imitating your real father. They replied, We aren't illegitimate children. God Himself is our true Father. And Jesus told them, If God were your Father, you would love me, because I have come to you from God. I'm not here on my own, but He sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. For you are the children of your Father, the devil, and you always love to do the evil things He does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. See that issue? And there's, there's a carryover to, so what are believers, Christians, people today, what, what are we supposed to accept? What is it that we understand? What if we are exposed to teaching that pushes our boundaries? that don't fit into our box of understanding. What then? How do we handle that? Do we have reactions? Do we get angry? Do we push it aside? And he's saying, if, you're, if you are of God, you will hear the message. You will hear his truth. You will hear it from the messengers who present it. You will see it in the scriptures. You will know it when the Spirit speaks to your heart. You will know His message. What if we don't? What if in areas of our lives we go, "Ah, you know I can go this far, I can't go that far. I'll accept this. I don't want to hear any more. That might make me uncomfortable. Or that's not the way I've always heard it. And Jesus is saying, you're of God. You're going to listen to God. You're going to want to go His way. If God were your Father, you'd love me. Because I've come to you from God. Jesus is giving them a clear example and teaching of the reality of a cosmic setting that goes way beyond the physical, way beyond what they're experiencing right then and there, way beyond the little box of understanding that they have. And he says, listen, and some do, some believe. So it's happening, but there are many who are still fighting this and many who don't want to hear it at all. And many who just think he's ridiculous. That's what Jesus faced. Obey Jesus and live. This is John eight forty-eight 48-51. The people retorted, You Samaritan devil! That, that was really, that's like really bad. Yeah, may may not bother you, but it really bothered them. That, that was a... That was a hard thing to say. Didn't we say all along that you were possessed by a demon? that, that makes sense? Jesus, possessed by a demon. No, Jesus said, I have no demon in me. For I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. I tell you the truth, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. God the Father will glorify Him. And anyone who obeys Jesus will live. Anyone who obeys Jesus will live. Isn't that exciting? He's come to make that possible. And we get to live that eternal life. It begins now. Because... We believe Him now, we get to live now, we get to live and we just step into eternity uh, living this life that He's made possible. I am, John eight fifty six to 59 Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you've seen Abraham? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. That is such a cool set of verses right there. Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. God had given him a heads up, and he had given it to him in the early days. He gave him a promise. He, he took him into the stars. He, he allowed him to see into the, into the future the things that were going to unfold. And Abraham is rejoicing over what God has done, what God has promised him, what God is going to do in and through him. The Messiah will come through his line. Out of all the people on the earth, Abraham's chosen, and the Messiah is going to come through his line. That's exciting, and he sees it coming, and he sees his day when Jesus is going to be on the earth and, and interacting with people, and he, he, God gives him a, a image of all of that, and, and besides that, they're hanging out in heaven together, Abraham, Jesus, they, they're spending all this time together. The angel of the Lord, when you read that in the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, you're having images of Jesus before he becomes a baby in Bethlehem, showing up, Interacting with human beings. So he's interacting with the people who have already gone on to heaven. David, Abraham, Sarah. They're all interacting. So this isn't surprising. But it was to them. You're standing right here telling us that you have some kind of spiritual connection. You're not even 50 years old and you know Abraham, 1850 B.C., Uh Uh-uh. Nope, not acceptable. We must hit you with a rock. That's how you respond with reason. Tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. Yeah, this is significant. So Abraham's a witness to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we're looking at Advent, we're counting down four weeks We're talking centuries, millennia, of looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. And Abraham knew who it was. He knew it was going to be Jesus. And he knew what was going to come of it. What good would come of it. He's rejoicing over this. So they pick up the rocks to throw at him. So let's go back to cosmic setting. What is it that Jesus has that makes him... Uh, unique well let's see he's God and man he's been threatened on occasion it happened at Nazareth those are family members who wanted to push him throw him off the cliff that was exciting he just walks through them so how does he do stuff like that how does he just and in this one but Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple he's the center of attention in the temple everybody's yelling whole crowds gathered And Jesus, from right in the middle, walks out. Nothing spiritual about that. It's just normal. You just kind of just wave your arms and walk. There is no way. This is a God-man. And he has the ability to open minds, to close eyes, and to move where he chooses. And this isn't just passing through walls that happens after the resurrection. This is him walking on earth. And he just, y'all can't see me. And he walks out. They're lucky that's all he did. But he had to make them mad because they have to put him on the cross. So we're still waiting for that. Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. The first advent. Jesus came to set his people free. He was from outside time and the physical dimension. The enemy problems and battles from the cosmic realm were real in the physical realm. What's happening out there is affecting what's happening here. still is. And Jesus came to confront them all. The ones here in the physical realm, the cosmic realm. He is the great I am. Worship His majesty. There is no other. And there is no one like Him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for what you have done. For all that you have done through the ages past and for pre- preparing uh this world and people and the generations for Jesus coming. For Jesus' arrival and the things that have happened in the last 2000 years. Thank you for allowing us to remember, to reflect, to go back and read these passages and see all that you have done uh, to make all this come about. Thank you for the hope that we have because of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And indeed, we worship his majesty. Amen.